Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Greetings to our online congregation. You know, we've all had uh, have people in our lives who've been examples of faithfulness, faithfulness to us. More than likely, their faith has was gained through adversity. Let's thank God for the people in our lives who have been role models for us. Memories of certain people make us smile whenever we think about them. Significant memories cheer us up when we feel down and strengthen us when we're too tired to go on. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, the Apostle Paul says, he bursts out in prayer, prayers of thanks every time he recalls partnering together with believers in Philippi and spreading the good news of Jesus. Not only does the memories of their faithful work encourages them, encourages him for Thanksgiving, it emboldens him to have a positive vision of the future. There is strength and hope for the road ahead when it takes when we take the time to look back on the past successes with gratitude to God. In Ephesians 5:20 in the verses preceding this scripture, Paul encourages us to make the most of every opportunity to do good. He doesn't say everything is good or easy. He comments that we live in evil days, but we can choose how we respond to good and bad. So Paul says, do good, sing songs, make music to God, not necessarily because of life's events, the Lord sees the beginning and the end. God knows the final outcome and asks us to trust him. God knows, we know that God has eternal perspective that produces a heart of thanks to him for everything. And in 2 Corinthians 2.14, the good news of Jesus gives purpose to all our work and worship. We begin everything with this in mind that Christ will be proclaimed through preaching, writing, music, art, service, everything we do, we spread his joyful message. Paul says the gospel is spreading like a triumphal procession, a parade of souls who cannot keep quiet about the transformation in their lives. It is not only an obligation to be a witness. It is about the transformation in our lives. It's about being so filled with thankfulness that wherever we go, we cannot stop ourselves from celebrating and sharing what God has done in our lives and for others. So let's, if you're here today, you just want to give thanks to God pray with me. If you're here and you need a, a, a financial blessing or a spiritual spiritual revival, please raise your hand. And let's go to God. Let's thank him for the memories, the wisdom, his goodness, and the spiritual gifts. Let's thank him for everything. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Jesus. You are our advocate, our helper, our friend, Lord Jesus. 
You are a redeemer, Lord Jesus. We come to you, Lord Jesus, with an open heart and an open mind, Lord Jesus. We listen to your words, Lord Jesus. We hear the words that are preached tonight, Lord Jesus. We pray for Minister Henry and his family, Lord Jesus. Bless him, Father, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we pray for Pastor and pray that he have safe travels, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you help strengthen us, Father. We pray that you work you work in us, Lord Jesus, so that we become better harvesters, Lord Jesus. For the people whose souls need to be saved, Lord Jesus. We pray and give you thanks, Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your tender mercies and your love, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We cannot stop thanking you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We pray for our communities, Lord Jesus. We pray for our unsaved family members, Lord Jesus. We pray for our communities, Lord Jesus. We pray, Father, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we be obedient in your word, Lord Jesus. Let your words sink into our heart, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, for all those that are looking in the wrong places, Lord Jesus, that they look to you, Lord Jesus. You are everything, Father, Lord Jesus. We seek you, Father. We need you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just continue to love on the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. We bless your name, Jesus. I count on one thing. The same God has never failed. He won't fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late. He's working all things out. Working all things out.
Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. I want to greet you tonight in the precious name of Jesus Christ. It is good to be here. I want to greet our online congregation, our guests. <laughs> I want to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in. You may be seated. Amen. I know tonight is a little cold, and <laughs> we are warm here in the house of the Lord. It's the best place to be. Amen. Tonight, our pastor isn't here, but I'm here. Amen. <laughs> I'm just going to bring the word to you, and um, just let God do the rest. Amen. Amen. So, I want to say it's, it's a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to be here, and I don't take it lightly. Um, whenever a pastor <laughs> tells me to do this, then, you know, um, I, I have like a, like a burden until, until I'm, I'm, I'm done. So, you know, <laughs> it's not... It's not easy, but um, let's just get right into the word tonight. Amen? I want to um, title this message, um, Follow Me Wholeheartedly. Follow Me Wholeheartedly. And um, let me just give you a little setting here. It was approximately 38 years after the children of Israel um, attempted to enter the promised land. And God turned them back into the wilderness to wander just because of their unbelief. So he took them out of Egypt, kept them, took them to the doors of the promised land. But because of unbelief, he had to turn them away. And punish them. So they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Until the time came again. He punished all those who un, um, didn't believe him. So they, they fell in the desert. They died. They were once again approaching the promised land. Everyone 20 years and older. Who believed the negative report from the... Uh, Ten spies had already died except Moses, Joshua, and Caleb who gave a good report. So 12 of them went. 12 of them saw the same thing, experienced the same thing, but 10 had a bad report, a negative report, while two of them came back to encourage the people. They didn't care what they saw. They knew that they, their God was able to deliver them. So they came back with a good report. So I'm going straight to Numbers 32, 1 to 15. I'll read from verse 1 to 5 first. Now the children of Reuben and Gad had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jazer, 
and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, Ataroth, Didon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Elilah, Sheban, Nebo, and beyond. My Hebrew is not too um, good here, no, but <laughs> the country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan. So, just be clear here now. They, they, ha, they are heading back to the promised land. And the promised land is across the river Jordan. But while they were heading there, they saw some land. And they had livestock. And the land was good for livestock. Whatever they saw with their eyes, it was good. So they did not want to go over the Jordan anymore. These uh, Gad, the tribe of Gad, and the tribe of Gad and Reuben, they didn't want to go over anymore. They just wanted to stay right there. So the children of Gad and Reuben asked Moses, the elder, for their inheritance right here. This is where they wanted to stay. God tell them to go over there, but they wanted to stay here. They no longer wanted to cross the Jordan. The place they saw was better than what God had promised them. What they are really saying is, even though I love God and want to be in his presence in his promised land however these lands right here are the very best for the livestock they they know better than god we will not be far from the promised land i i i can bet they are reasoning to themselves we're not going to be far from the promised land we'll be just a stone throw across the river how much closer can we be you know God tell him to go there, but you want to go here, and you reason it out within yourself. Let me stay here because I'm, I'm, I'm close enough. In other words, I love coming to Sunday service, but the games are played on that same day. The Eagles, Barcelona, play on Sundays as well, so I will stay home and tune in to the service. Big difference. You're going to stay home. You're going to tune into the service rather than come in. And I'm, I'm not pointing at you, Brother D. <laughs> I will still see and hear the pastor preach, but I won't be there in person. This is somewhat, you know, what you're saying. They're going to stay here. I'm supposed to go there, but I'm going to stay here because I, I'm not walking by faith anymore. I'm walking by sight. I saw this land, and it looks good, and I have livestock, and I want this land for my livestock. 
God promised them the land west of the Jordan, but they felt the land to the east was better, and they wanted it. So whenever we disobey God and do our own thing, we are telling him that he is wrong and we are correct. Can we put it any, any different way? If he tells us to do something and we don't, we do our thing. We are saying, you are wrong and I'm right. When we don't go all the way that he wants us to go, we are in control of our lives and we become the gods of our lives. Amen. Let me continue the reading. Verse 6 to 15. And Moses said to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? This is after they told Moses what they intend to do. Moses was a little annoyed. Well, not a little annoyed. He was, he was upset. Now, why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barney to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eshkol, Eshkol is, it means cluster. And that's where they, they found grapes, some grapes real big. They had two, two men had to take them back on sticks. And saw the land. They discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day. And he swore an oath saying, Surely none of the men who come up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they have not wholly followed me. Because they have not wholly followed me save Caleb, the son of um, Jip, Caleb, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. We see that in Numbers 11 to 12. So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel, and he made them wander in the desert 40 years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. So they died. And look, you have risen in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness, and you will destroy all these people. So this is Moses giving him a rebuke. It is the same thing all over again, just a slight different way. Moses was there. Moses sent them over to spy out the land. They went over. Ten men came back with a bad report and discouraged the congregation, discouraged the people. And because they were discouraged, they started to cry and everything, and they didn't want to go anymore. So here it is again. So Moses immediately remembered what had happened in the past, and he was angry. He wanted to know if they planned to sit there and allow the other tribes to fight against the Canaanites alone. So the, Moses' first question to them is, are you going to sit here and allow your brother to go over and fight against the Canaanites? Because even though God gave them the land, 
they still had to go and defeat the Canaanites. But God was with them. He had put the fear in them already, in all the Canaanites. So they were fearful of the Israelites. But they just need to step out on faith. So Moses was saying, are you going to sit back here? Because this is the land that you want. And allow you, you, your um, brothers to go over there and fight. Moses, in doing that, Moses was questioning their conscience and their team spirit. You know, sometimes um, we have a task to do, but it's only certain people doing it. It's, it should be a team effort. It's all of us. We should all do it. But just some people just know that they are supposed to put out the effort and others just sit back. That's what Moses is saying to them, first of all. That's what you want to do? 30 years ago, they were about to cross the promised land. This is Moses rehearsing to them. But before they did, Moses sent 12 to explore the land and bring back a report. Moses remembered a bad report from 10 of the men. That bad report was enough to discourage the hearts of God's people that they lost the desire to take the land by faith. Instead, the people cried and murmured that it would be better for them to return to Egypt or die in the desert rather than be killed by the giants because there's no way to defeat them. So when they went over and spied out the land, they realized that giants were there. But the land was fruitful and everything. But all along, God was fighting their battle for them. So if they come across giants now, that would be nothing. God was still with them. But because they got a bad report, because they were discouraged, they murmured, they cried, and they doubt God. So that was a pivotal moment in the lives of the children of Israel. They were at a point where if they had just believed the report from two spies, the two men, Caleb and Joshua, who came back with a good report. If they had believed their report, then they would have moved into the promised land. But they didn't. They believed the report from, from the ten that um, they came back with a bad report. So that's why they had to um, go in the desert and walk until they died. And here we are now again. So Moses was alert this time and ready to warn them that what they were doing could discourage others to the point where they would cause the Lord's judgment to be much worse than what their, their father received. Moses was warning them. This, as soon as the two tribes came to him and told him what they wanted, he realized that this is the same thing all over again. If the tribes of Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh stopped at the east side and decided not to go over the Jordan River, many more tribes would be discouraged and they would do the same thing. Sometimes you don't have to tell somebody, come, let's do this. They watch you. They see how long you're coming to church. They see that um, you are one of the 
Bible school teachers, or whatever it is. And they watch you. And they do whatever you do. If they saw these men stop and not taking their place over the other side of the Jordan, they would do it as well. Just imagine if we got together one Saturday morning to evangelize. Brother Bradley leading his crew. We pray and ask for direction, and God puts a certain area in the leader's mind, and we set off to share the gospel in that area. On our way, a small group of us stop at a certain spot and declare that we won't go any further because this place is, better, is a better place to do the same thing. We plan to go to Hamilton. But you decide you're going to go to a different side. You're creating disunity. And it would discourage people because disunity, you know, that helps to discourage people. And that's not... That's not a thing that God takes lightly. We must learn that discouraging believers is very serious and God deals with it very harshly. Let's look at uh, Mark chapter, uh, chapter 9 verse 42. It says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck. And he were thrown into the sea. To break it down further, it is really saying, Whosoever shall offend or to cause to fall, to entice or trap or lead a believer into sin, is in very, it's a very serious matter. God doesn't take it lightly. It is his people. And if someone should lead them off, you know, away from him. It's something that he's going to deal with seriously. He said a millstone, well, a millstone was both extremely hard and extremely heavy. So, if you fit, if you, if you find it hard to swim with a millstone hanging around your neck, you should think twice before tempting God's children. So, that is the extent of what God will do if you mess with his children. Amen? So let's examine this now. What does it mean to follow the Lord wholeheartedly? That's mentioned um, that Caleb and Joshua followed the, the Lord wholly, or in some versions, wholeheartedly. The children of Israel followed God, but not wholeheartedly. They allowed unbelief into their hearts. And as soon as they came face to face with their giant, they could not stand. The definition. Completely and sincerely devoted, determined, or enthusiastic. So, wholeheartedly. When you follow in God wholeheartedly, you are completely and sincerely devoted. You are determined and you are enthusiastic. Following God wholeheartedly again, um, it's marked by complete, earnest commitment, free from all reserve or hesitation. So, 
you're going into this thing headlong. You, you're not bothered by what anyone else is saying. You are focused, you are sincere, and you are devoted. That's what um, could describe Caleb and Joshua at the time, not the rest of ten spies and, and the, other, the, the, the people. Because if they were following God wholeheartedly and ten spies came back and gave them a bad report, it wouldn't affect them that way. They would still be connected to God. They would still be focused. But instead, it caused them to um, be in despair and, and want long to go back to Egypt where God took them from. So my question tonight is, are we wholeheartedly committed to God? We should check ourselves. Are we wholeheartedly committed to God. I just read some of the things that, um, you know, could describe if you are wholeheartedly connected to God. So if not, we would have done the same thing the children of Israel did. Think about that. If we, are, if we were there and we are not wholeheartedly committed, then we probably would start weeping and, and, and um, doubting everything and wanting to go back instead of going to the promised land. Amen? So we have to examine ourselves. We have to make sure that we are wholeheartedly committed. Caleb and Joshua outlive every single person who left Egypt for the promised land. That's because they wholly followed the Lord and were rewarded with a promise that they alone of their comrades would enter the promised land. So they outlasted everybody else because they were wholly committed. Wholly following the Lord can be boiled down to three words. Trust and obey. When we trust and obey, no matter what, we are wholly committed and following the Lord. It is not always easy to wholly follow God, but it is the way of blessing. You follow him in a committed way and the Lord will bless you. At the time when Joshua and Caleb saw the fear in Israel, and heard their cries for a new leader to return to Egypt, they rented their clothes and spoke to the people to encourage them. So they tore the clothes. That, um, both men um, went into extreme mourning immediately, starting by renting their clothes. So they, they, they tore the clothes. Um, and the practice was to you know, put sackcloth, ashes, and, and the head, but they were they were because they knew that no matter what God could take them through, and they saw now where their um, the 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 children of Israel, their unbelief was going to get them in get God angry with them, and God was going to destroy them. So they were making a last minute attempt here now to you know, encourage the people. They were the ones that stood up from day one. But 
when they saw how it affected the people, they were trying to encourage the people. But by this time, they couldn't. So, both men, um, they were deeply distressed to hear the bad report the ten spies brought back. They were deeply distressed because of Israel's unbelief in God, even though he did so many miracles for them. By this point, they should be so committed. Remember, this is coming from Egypt. So many miracles happened along the way. When they went out in the desert, the desert is hot in the days. So there was a pillar of cloud over them to shield them from the direct ray of the sun. In the night, the desert gets cold. So there was a, a, it turned fire to warm them and to provide light and direction for them. God sent them food while they were in the desert. He, he protected them in every way. You know, uh, so they should be committed. They should know that no matter who they come against, God would deliver them. All they had to do is continue serving him. But they weren't wholeheartedly committed. So because they weren't wholeheartedly committed, the slightest thing caused them to stray. If it was up to Caleb and Joshua alone, they would have gone out. They wanted to go over the promised land. But because all of this happened, God turned away everybody, but um, the ten spies and all who didn't believe from 20 years and older, they were going to die in the desert before they had an opportunity to go back in the promised land. Those who followed the Lord wholeheartedly were confident that they could not be defeated because God is with them. There is no way the giants could win. They were so huge, no one could miss them. This is when you are wholeheartedly committed to God. The giants that come before you, you look at it a different way. They are so big, you cannot miss them. When David went up against a giant, everybody else was cowering. They were afraid. But David looked at him and said, he was so big. There is no way I can miss him with this stone. But when you are not wholly committed to God, you look at the giant a different way. He's so big, you cannot defeat him. Finally, we must be careful not to allow anyone to discourage us. If you fall, Repent and get back up. Keep your eyes on the Lord and follow him wholeheartedly. Stay completely and sincerely devoted and determined to serve him. Don't give anything that is watered down. Give your all. Give your best at all times. Discouragement drains our faith. It drains our drive. 
and it drains our will to do God's work. And discouragement of the soul knocks the winds out of us. Discouragement, it comes from outside as well as inside. When you are discouraged from people outside, I think that is the one that is a little easier to deal with because you know that these aren't Christians. These are people who they just want something to criticize you about. So, you know, it's coming from outside. They say, ah, you know. But when it comes from within, you see people who you look up to. And, you know, if you get any discouragement from them, then that, that, that really hurts and that really makes an impact. You know, so just as how you can encourage people with your word, you can discourage people with your word. So don't go about discouraging anyone. I just pointed out to you how God feels about um, you discouraging his people. He will put a millstone around your neck and send you to swim. <laughs> and you, you cannot swim. It's too heavy. So discouragement can be direct. You know, you might have a brother come up to you and say, Brother, I think you attend church a little too much. You're, you're giving them too much of your time. I attend service once every two weeks, and I'm blessed and highly favored. Have you ever heard anything like that? <laughs> it can also be passive. They don't have to come up to you and tell you. They can just do something and you see them. The, the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they did not have to tell their intentions to anyone. They did not have to tell anybody that, look, we are going to um, you know, camp on this side. We don't want to go over the Jordan. They could just start building, just setting up whatever they need to set up. And as soon as the rest of um, children of Israel see them, they would start doing the same thing and get discouraged. Why do I have to go over there and fight these giants while you get to stay over here? You know? So watch out for discouragement. And don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. The Bible said to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen? Finally, be on your guard and follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. Amen. Is there anyone tonight who have heard the word and we have a tank over there. It's, um, it's warm. It's cold in here, but the tank, is, you know, the water is warm. Is there anyone tonight that would like to make the step, give their life to the Lord? We have everything here. If you're shy, you don't want to come up to see one of us after service, we can explain to you. Amen.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you once more, Lord, for bringing us here, O God. In spite of everything that is happening, Lord Jesus, we make the time to come out and serve you and call upon your name because you are God. And Lord Jesus, we want to serve you wholeheartedly. We want to serve you with our heart, our mind, and our soul, Lord. Lord Jesus, you have done so much for us. You have blessed us. You have kept us. You have placed a hedge of protection over us, Lord Jesus. And we are thankful, Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone in this congregation, Lord, both online and here, present with us. I pray for those who we have not seen for a while, O oh God. I pray that you'd speak to their heart and allow them, Lord Jesus, to come right back and fellowship with us. I pray for the backsliders tonight, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, they will not go too far outside of your hearing, O oh God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that whenever they hear your word, it will stir something inside of them and let them know that they must come back to you, Lord Jesus, and call upon your name. Lord Jesus, I pray for every family that is represented here. Touch every family, Lord Jesus. Strengthen every household, O oh God. Cover them. Put a hedge of protection over them, Lord Jesus. Especially in this time, Lord, of earthquake, of war, and all sorts of things are happening, O oh God. I pray, O oh God, that we will keep our eyes on you and we will never let go, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, strengthen us. Keep us, O oh God. Bring to our memory whatever we have studied, O oh God, and whatever we have heard, so that when the tempter comes, we can rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. Cover us this evening, Lord Jesus, as we continue to give you the glory and the honor with, that you deserve, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we are about to leave this place, I pray for traveling mercy. I pray, pray O oh God, that you would cover us, take us home safely, O oh God. Keep us, Lord Jesus, until we meet again. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Amen. Good night.